0: Welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And
1: I'm Marin. I'm back. I'm back from the brink. Uh, you sound like yourself. Thank you. It was funny because in your liner notes, but I don't know if there's any other way to say it, uh, I did sound like a man and I did not sound like myself. Listening to it, I was like, who that no, bitch?
0: At like five minutes. It was it weird. It takes a turn and you just turn. you get very nasally mm-hmm. and sound like a completely different person. Yeah. And again, guys, I was on the up and up
1: at that point. Now I'm up. I'm up. I feel great. You're always up. Well, true. Um, What? Anything before what are you grilling over? By the way, I cannot stop thinking about your blood incident.
0: Any updates? No. You know what, guys? I forgot to even Google it. <gasps> what? I moved on with my life. You did. My favorite part of that episode was, though, like, you live
1: for a bloody scene. How do you not <laughs> notice a bloody scene one foot from you?
0: Just minding my own business. Just minding your own business. I would like to point out today... Um. Uh, if you, I don't know if you saw my Instagram story because it is pretty early this morning. No recording. Not. Mm-hmm. But I realized when I got dressed that I'm dressed like an animaniac. <gasps> Actually, two animaniacs put together. Yes, you are. And I don't. I think I. Do you have daisy earrings? On? I decided oh to God. embrace it, and I put a daisy <laughs> earring on that I've had since I was a child. Don't have the other one, so the other one's a lightning bolt. Cool. Um, but I'm just embracing this cartoon fashion today.
1: I mean, as you should. Why it's yeah. It's a Thursday. It's fine. It's great. Spoiler. It's a Thursday, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we we got to edit. We got to record. You know. You know the tricks. Um, okay. So on that note, are you fangirling over your animation wardrobe or what? No. What are you fangirling I'm, over?
0: Okay. Remember last week I said that Netflix put my Santa Clarita diet percentage a little too high. Yes. I think I was wrong, <gasps> and Netflix was right. They knew you. Because I just want to re-fangirl over Are Santa the Diet. Mm-hmm. I finished it. It was so fun. Really? It was r- funnier than last season. Oh.
1: I really, really liked it. So I'm getting all of my network comedies out of the way because I've been behind on some things. I'm clearing my queue mm-hmm. because I have, like, a night to myself this weekend, and I'm like, bring it. It. And Santa Clarita Diet is perfect because it's only like thirty minutes. Yeah. In that binging, it's ten episodes. Like, damn, I can
0: knock out five hours. You, you can do it. it. Like, no You're problem. gonna get there. I'm gonna also, get there. so I love Carrie Fisher. Like most people, yeah. But I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself a Carrie Fisher fan. Oh. Like okay. I don't know that much about her. Like oh, I do, yes. but I don't know right. mm-hmm. a lot. Okay. Yeah. So I did not know that she was a script doctor or rewrote, like punched up. The Wedding Singer, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. And my brain exploded.
1: Well, also, you shouldn't know it because she's
0: uncredited. Like, yeah, technically. In
1: all of these instances, and you sent me that like very fascinating article that all of these this happens all the time. Like people get brought in to like punch up or revise and they go uncredited sometimes because they're like, Oh, this shit's still bad. Like yeah. I don't want my name on this.
0: Like or, I tried, but don't yeah, but have no. me connected
1: to it. Um and sometimes like things do get crazy where they do get they actually take over the crediting structure, which is like a whole nother thing. But yeah, some I mean sister. Also act, hook. Yeah. Hook, sister act, like some real gems. And it all started because it sounded like she was rewriting some of her dialogue for Star Wars. Like, she was like, uh... Love it. I don't, God bless. I don't want to talk like this, so I'm going to talk like this over here. <laughs> um, yeah, I was really into it. Uh, that's, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. All these little Just Hollywood, a fun
0: fact. All these little Hollywood secrets. What are you fangirling over?
1: Um, well, I told you that I might just fangirl over health um, <laughs> because it's so great. Like, you forget how great being healthy is. When you're sick, like yeah, you're just you. You need cherish it, guys. You take it for granted. You take it for granted. Your ability to breathe and not cough violently, you take for granted. But I think I've personally fangirled over this to you, but I don't think I've ever fangirled over it on the podcast. Okay, guys, the Starbucks app. I'm (laughs) sorry. I love this
0: nonstop
1: because I love the Starbucks app. Here's the thing, guys. I didn't love Starbucks. I don't know what happened, but they have a coconut almond milk blend. So when you order either almond milk or coconut milk, hot tip, you're getting both at Starbucks. And something happens with the t- flavor there, like that latte is just hitting it on all cylinders for me. So I've become a Starbucks devotee only for a grande coconut milk latte. Anyway... Then somehow I was like, you know what? This is dumb that I don't have this app. And because I would always get annoyed because the Starbucks by my house is very busy. Mm -hmm. And I would always go and all these like mobile order people would just like be walking in and like picking up their drinks. And there I am like an asshole just like waiting for my drink. And so finally I was like, okay, I'm going to download it. Cut to revolutionizing my life. Like (laughs) I'm obsessed with it. I have figured out a system. Like if I hit a, a light on our way to work on Olympic and I'm safely stopped, I can order my coffee. I can go in. I can pick it up and, like, not be any later to work. It's a goddamn dream. I'm now gold status, so I'm getting free drinks. Proud of you. Thank you. I, I worked at it. And, it, like, you can pay ahead. You can just – you don't need your, any, any money. Like, I go to the gym on the weekends, and I just bring my phone, and I order drinks for the way home.
0: It's a delight. It's just, like, I don't know what the I've most. never heard – Anyone talk about an app the way you talk (laughs) about the Starbucks app? Side note, we work at an app. They
1: should pay you. (laughs) They should. And again, we work for an app. And I like, all I want to do is talk about the Starbucks app. And again, I think maybe Starbucks is a little bit of an evil empire, maybe, but I don't care. (laughs) I'm here for it. I'm loving this app. Like, I will go out of my way to, like, find a Starbucks just so, and oh, you can reload it like automatically. You can set up so it'll just like so you never run out money of money. How much money are you
0: spending via Starbucks app?
1: Not, I mean, whatever I would normally spend. I don't feel like I'm like spending more necessarily. Okay. But anytime it gets below $10, it just adds $25. I feel like automatically.
0: I, ooh, I don't like that. Well, I'll be, I set that okay. up. I feel like I would spend too much. Because, oh, Like, yeah. yeah, I want that tiny vanilla scone. Yeah. Those are
1: good. Oh, they're blueberry muffins. Whew. That was, like, my pregnancy go-to. I've always
0: been a big fan of their, like, snack boxes. Mm -hmm. Very, very well-rounded.
1: I did send you a text the other day that was, like, I've never met a crumble I don't like. Like, the crumble on top of a blueberry muffin at Starbucks. (laughs) That's all I need in my life. Welcome to
0: the Starbucks
1: podcast. (laughs) Would do it. Starbucks, find me. I'll I'll pump you up. It's fine. Um, Okay. On that note, guys, we
0: got a tap. Yeah.
1: It's. A little weird. And it's all my fault. I'm so sorry. Well, okay, so. It's not my fault. It's Andrew Kunanen's fault. A
0: little bit of backstory. Okay. Our side piece podcast, The People versus Ryan Murphy, covered American Crime Story, which is all about Andrew Kunanen and the assassination of Versace. Yes. And in this series, we just kind of became obsessed with how great and amazing 1997 was. Guys, it was a year. It was a year. And Maren just kept asking, like, can we please just do this year? Can we pretend we drew names out of a hat? I, I dreamt about it. I told
1: Natalie, I was like, I had this dream that we do a series that's like just on a year. And but we were like, let's pull this year out of a hat. And weird. Why am I dreaming those things? But, but, but here we are. Here we are.
0: We are going to cover 1997. Not just
1: 1997. We're going to do the highs, we're going to do the lows. And we're going to do the woes. (laughs) (laughs) What a nightmare. Uh, What a nightmare. But all morning I've been waiting to say it. Uh, So, yeah, I think this one will be fun because it's kind of, like,
0: steeped in personal anecdotes. Yeah, at least the highs are. The highs are for sure. I feel like the lows might not be I know I like got it's out the gate like real strong a family <laughs> mishap or something
1: Well my I had a high and then it like quickly turned to a low and I was like oh no I got to move yeah. this to the low episode
0: And what I think is really fun about this is our personal stories are from very different parts of our lives Yes so I was around we're going to age ourselves yes. but I was around 8 years old yeah. in and 1997 I was
1: 14 15 and so like Normally, I don't feel like we're that different in age, but I feel like we will in this episode where, like, even your first thing, I'm like, I remember them, but I was kind of already too... Yeah. I knew people that
0: had them. And something you're obsessed with, I was like, this is stupid and kind of still think that. Of course.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, Okay. So should we...
1: Actually, like, two of yours I was, like, kind of too old for now that I'm I'm looking
0: at it. All right. You go first. You jump in. Okay. Eight-year-old Natalie was all about the Tamagotchi. (laughs) Did you have one? No. Why? Because I was too old. So I would have definitely had a Tamagotchi in high school. I knew people
1: that had them, and they were
0: so annoying. (laughs) Okay. They were technically released in 1996 in Japan, but not, like, worldwide U.S. until 97. Right. So... They were invented by Aki Maita. Okay. And she won the 1997 Nobel Prize for Economics. So sorry. This what? The year the Tamagotchi came because out.
1: Because of the Tamagotchi? I would assume.
0: <laughs>
1: <That would laughs> Eight-year-old Natalie says yes. That would be your assumption, is that the Tamagotchi got her the Nobel Peace Prize. Not the Peace Prize. Just the Nobel Prize. <laughs> the Peace Prize. Yeah.
0: Tamagotchi's <laughs> created
1: world peace. The Nobel Prize for Economics. So sorry.
0: Okay. What else? Well... I, for some reason, I had, I think I had two Tamagotchis. Okay. Um. um so I was very anti-Gigapet, yeah. which is kind of their rival. Yes. They came after. Okay. They're not the original. Okay. I don't know why anyone liked them. Maybe because you could have dogs or cats. Yeah, probably. But I preferred the Tamagotchi, which is a mysterious alien-like creature, yeah. and you get different versions of them. But they're all was- kind of cute. Kind of like a frog. I don't know. It was like a weird thing. So they're small alien species that deposited eggs on Earth to see what life was like. And basically what you do as the, like, controller is you help the Tamagotchi grow into adult life. And they go through several stages. And you're basically babysitting this little, like, tech toy. Mm -hmm. And it makes noises and it poops and you play with it. It beeps a lot. Oh, it beeps a lot. It's very annoying. Mm-hmm. I forgot how loud it was. Super loud. Um. <laughs> but I think the oldest mine lived was twenty one or twenty-seven days or something. Oh, that's still And a long I remember time. my Tamagotchi got into a spaceship and flew away. <gasps> like I did it. Like you you made it live. And I remember being so confused. <laughs> <laughs> so then what happened
1: to it after? It just was like a shell of a
0: toy? No, it, you can do it again. It becomes uh, another egg gotcha. and you wait for it to hatch and it can be a different species oh. so you don't... It's like a surprise every time. Fancy. Okay. And these were banned from schools much like Furbies were at my school. Yeah, I mean, as they should be because they're loud were and Were they a problem in high
1: school? I don't think so. I mean, so my... At this point, I'm eighth grade, ninth grade, which... My, where I went to school, ninth grade was actually in middle school. Ninth grade was not in high school. So we were like the older side of middle school. And so I can't really remember. I mean, I remember them being a thing and I remember them just being like, beepy that's it like just like the beep like the noise of it it's
0: weird i have this distinct memory of going to a mire in anderson indiana and going down an aisle and finding them and i'm not even sure if that's the day i bought one if i already had one i just remember going to look for them and seeing this case that was like a book cover and it had cute little illustrations they were like scratchy illustrations of the tamagotchi Uh uh-huh and I don't know why that's such a distinct memory <laughs> in my in life face. for someone who didn't play with Tamagotchis probably in 1998. So, yeah, that's what I was going to
1: say. Like, was it a quick burn for yeah, you? Yeah, like, it was a
0: very quick burn. Did you name your Tamagotchi? No, I don't think so. You
1: just were like, this is my Tamagotchi? Yeah. What color was it?
0: Mine was blue with pink buttons, and I think it had some yellow in it, too. Oh. And then my second one was like a shiny metallic-looking purple. mm did yeah. you get a second cool. one because the first one broke? No. Or just you it? I just had it. two, and I don't know why. You needed two kids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you were that only child, and you was like, I need to know this yeah. experience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I die, they need each other, they you know? Need... <laughs> who's going to take care of me? <laughs> um, okay. I think that's all, though, because it was it was a really quick burn. I was over it.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it was like that for everyone, right? Like, the Tamagotchi craze did not like linger on. Well, the
0: Gigapets expanded. They would do themed ones based on movies, mm-hmm. and then Tamagotchi did Tamagotchi Angel, mm. which were just angels. I don't really okay. know gotcha. the deal there. And then years later there was a Tamagotchi Connection where you could like p- some play connect with other Tamagotchis. I don't know. Was yeah. not into it.
1: But they kind of made a resurgence recently, right? I think Yeah, you could, I think like... there's
0: actually an app too if you Ooh. want Tamagotchis on your phone, but who wants that noise? No one,
1: but you do love to take care of things. I do love to get
0: tricked by apps, too. <laughs> you do so. love to get
1: tricked <laughs> by apps. Much Update like next week. Me and the Starbucks app. Um, okay, so 14, 15 year old Martin is in a, a slightly different place. So I think everyone at this time in my age group was, like, very obsessed with MTV, just like everyone in, in general, I think, was obsessed with MTV. You had TRL. Great things were happening on MTV. But, guys, great things were happening on VH1. Uh Yeah. And so I think like VH1 was kind of like the like adult contemporary network to like MTV's like cool kids, like whatever. And now it's both reality shows. I know. It's very confusing. <laughs> well, that happened in the 2000s with VH1. But as if out of nowhere, VH1 launched a show that I was obsessed with. You might have heard of it. A little show called Behind the Music.
0: about that intro kind of scares me. Really? It makes me... It's like it's like news. Just the music is really serious. Yes. I get uncomfortable. But like, I can hear
1: Jim Forbes. So Jim Forbes narrates every single behind the music, except for the first two, oh. which is Millie Vanilli and MC Hammer, which are the ones that are like seared in my brain. But when they redid Millie Vanilli's Because the One Guy Died, mm-hmm. um, he re-narrated it, and then they re-released it. So it's like kind of hard oh, to find the version without the Jim Forbes narration. And like, all you can hear, all I can hear in my memory is Jim Forbes being like, and that's when things went bad. Yeah. Like, And it's like every single episode is like the rise, the fall, the rise again, hopefully. You know what I mean? Like because a lot of times like you're featuring MC Hammer. Like you're not featuring like the Rolling Stones. You know what I right. mean? Right. Like you want to know that sad story. You want to know that he spent like millions of dollars on thoroughbred horses and like that was a bad investment. Um, but <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like that's the information that you want. So at this time, so it comes out in the summer of 97, um, like August, and it took about a year, but it overtook pop-up video as VH1's number one show. Yes, and actually now they've all been remastered and they appear on VH1 Classic. What? Which sounds like and a lot of them have new interviews and stuff. I, I have that channel, I think. And I've never seen it on the schedule. I think that I, need I would to check. like VH1 Classic. It sounds like just oh, it's VH1 a fun time. for me back in the day. Do they have pop MTV video?
0: Classic, also great. <gasps> yeah. They do a lot of TRL video hours. Oh, I like that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like I know an inordinate about, amount about Millie Vanilli and MC Hammer because I've seen the behind the music on them millions and of times.
0: And this show lasted a long time because oh, they... Yeah. Kind of make fun of it in uh, Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, it's
1: been in pop culture references. Like it's been like The Simpsons did one. Yeah.
0: It was on from 97
1: until 2012.
0: It's behind the laughter on The Simpsons. (laughs) It is
1: behind the laughter. So there's – it has a lot of pop culture pervasiveness. uh, And I just – I don't know. I really liked it. I was really into music back in the day. I'm really not now. I don't know what (laughs) happened. But so I was just really – Obsessed with, like, getting more information about some of these. And I love the notion that, like, you could be super famous. You could be, like, the number one artist in the world. And, and then it come all goes around. Like, Millie Vanilli won Best New Artist, and then they had to have their Grammys stripped from them ugh. because they were lip-syncing, guys. Like, this was a huge deal. They were – I mean, of course they were lip-syncing. When you listen to it, like, there's a lady's voice in the background. <laughs> like, they're studio singers, of course.
0: But, ugh. I recently watched um, the episodes on the Bangles and the uh-huh. Go-Go's on yeah. YouTube, so see, you can kind of find them online sometimes. Behind the music. All right. What's next, Torea? Well, my second one, also very childlike, Yeah, I would say. My PlayStation games. <laughs> <clears throat> Two in particular. Okay. So I'm not sure when I got a PlayStation. Technically, PlayStations were released in 95. Okay. I'm not really sure, like, what the crossover is. But I know in order to earn my PlayStation, we had a rummage sale, and I sold my Nintendo and my Sega Genesis (gasps) like a dumbass. You
1: wanted this PlayStation. Yeah.
0: And you don't realize when you're eight years old that you need these for nostalgia reasons later. No, absolutely not. However, I did keep my Sega Game Gear, still have it great <laughs> It's great but i got enough money and i got a playstation and
1: i'm just reading the names and i'm totally understanding
0: what yeah.
1: i forgot about crash bandicoot
0: <laughs> so One of my first PlayStation games was Crash Bandicoot 2. Okay. Cortex Strikes Back. Not the first one, the second one. Okay. And I feel like it still holds up. I would play it today. Uh And not because it's funny and cheesy looking. I think it's still really fun. Uh Uh-huh. And you there's five levels and you're Crash Bandicoot wearing jeans, (laughs) no shirt, and you're just going through all of these different levels. One of them you ride a harp seal. (laughs) And you, like, stomp on walruses and stuff, and you get all these crystals, and it's such a fun game. And much like the Mario star where you can, like, run through everything, you get this, like, voodoo mask that says Ooga Booga, right, when you, like, spin the box. Uh And uh, it was just uh, the story game that I needed at that time.
1: you and, like, the rest of the world were obsessed with PlayStation. Like, I feel like it came out of nowhere. PlayStation
0: was really my last hurrah with video games mm-hmm. i i do have a wii but it it didn't have the same effect as playstation
1: yeah see i only had a game boy and i was like waiting to get my game boy and then i never had anything else because i was like meh i don't know yeah, read, I, I i never guess.
0: liked game boys really because i had a sega game gear mm. which was in color like 10 years before the game boy well, was how a... did, was that not successful yeah i mean somebody I got, tell me i had a
1: game boy in like 1989 so it's like you know, all I played was Tetris, basically, and Mario, and I loved it.
0: Um, were there any other games that you liked? But my One of my all-time favorites. It's, like, 2D paper-like animation. Okay. Technically came out in 96. I probably played it in 97. Yeah. It's Parappa the Rapper. Much like Dance Dance Revolution, you know how you step on the arrows? Yes. Mm-hmm. It was like that. This game was about a dog. Oh. Trying to impress this flower. She was a flower. She was a girl named Sunny. And (laughs) she was kind of dating this gross guy and he wanted to impress her. So every level is Parappa trying to do something to like win her over, impress her. And each level is a a rap song. Okay. Sorry. Each level is a rap song. And instead of stomping on arrows, you do the controller uh-huh. buttons, and I still know all of the songs. <laughs> There's only six, so it's not like a lot. There right. is a sequel later. Ooh. But my favorite song is in level two. It's He's learning how to drive. Okay. And it's such a jam, and <laughs> it's like when I say boom, 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 you say bam, 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 bam. no pause in between. Come on, let's jam. By the way, it's totally pause like
1: P-A-W-S, isn't
0: it? No, it's not. I um, It's... They're so good. I love those songs. And it was ahead of its time, and nobody—I don't feel like people really appreciate it. But that song in particular, I did not know this. Years later, I was with a group of people, and we were listening to that song, and someone said, hey, it sounds just like this song. And they played a song called Turtles Have Short Legs by Can, and— Parappa the Rapper legitimately stole this song. Really? Like, the music, the beat is all the same. And I want to know how they got away with it. Huh.
1: Maybe because it's a very obscure PlayStation game and no one was like... Rrr.
0: It has a pretty big following, though. Oh, I feel like so? it's kind of like uh, people in Japan think it's cute. It's a character. It had a short-lived cartoon. Like, it was a thing. Huh.
1: Have you ever seen that screenshot of, like, the early Nintendo... And it's cl- it's clearly, like, the people in the Japanese office were like, we need to make characters that sound American. And they just, like, basically did, like, a word scramble of, like, boy first names. And then, like, no. it'll be, like, I don't know. I'll find it for you. We, put it on, we can put it on our Instagram. But it'll be, like, Stan Gonzalez. Like, like and it's just, like, all these weird, <laughs> like, intercombinations combinations of things. And it's just, like, clearly these Japanese people knew nothing about Americans. And it really makes me laugh. Um, okay, playstation big yeah, thing in 97 yeah you know what was a freaking huge thing in 97 and who i was obsessed with missy elliott <sighs> weren't we all this is where i'm like guys collectively let's all be like mm-hmm. Yeah. changed the game changed the game okay first of all let's flash back i'm super white Grew up in a super white suburb and, like, was really, really in to this sort of, like, hip-hop. Like, this is where hip-hop kind of became very mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like, this is also very, like, boy band era. And I was, like, not super into that. I'm I am was
0: anti-boy band.
1: I'm kind of into it now. Like, I really a- appreciate mm-hmm. NSYNC and, like, Backstreet Boys and all that. But I – when I really think about what I was listening to, I was listening to a lot of Missy Elliott, a lot of Mace, a lot of Puff Daddy. We'll get there later, guys. But – I was mesmerized by the video for the rain, super duper As we all were. First of all, Missy Elliott is in that freaking trash bag. Yes thing. And this is all hype Williams. Like this is all just like the genius. I mean, you watch any of these videos, you watch like Mo Money, Mo Problems. Like they all kind of look the same because it's all hype and it's the fisheye. Right? And, like, when they, like, come in, come out. And then do you remember, like, Missy's lip would do that, like, bubble thing? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I can, like, see every single second of this video. Aaliyah's in it. I was obsessed with Aaliyah because she was so pretty. And I don't know. It was just, like, a moment in time. And then, no joke, flashback to whatever it was now, three years ago at the Super Bowl, Missy comes out. With Katy Perry. I burst into tears. (laughs) Burst into tears and was just like,
0: (gasps) like. How heartbreaking was it for you to realize people didn't know who she was? Devastating.
1: Devastating. Almost to the same degree. So I think it was maybe even that same year um, Pitbull does like the pre thing, the pre New Year's Eve to Ryan Seacrest. And it was like Diddy was doing something, and he brought out Mace, and I was dying. Like all of us, you know, watching on a TV, were dying. First of all, it's like nine o'clock. Like losers watching this on television. But everyone in the crowd, you could tell, was like, oh, "Who's Mace?" And I'm like, "No, no. Like Mace found Jesus, and then he came back. It's fine." <laughs> like I was so upset. But just like Missy, to me, was the coolest. Like. She was amazing, and she was her own, like, kind of baddest. And then you learned that she had been, like, the producer on all of these other things that you loved, and, like, now she's getting her moment, and, like, Uh, it was her and Timbaland, but it was, like, a
0: time, guys. Yeah, a time. That album was really big in the Burroughs household. Really? Uh, Yeah. Um, I loved it. I loved that trash bag. That's kind of how what I associated her with for a wild bag. Like, the woman in the trash bag. Yeah. But when she's sitting on the, the hill too. Yeah. You know, when she's like like everything she does is so visual. So visual. Uh, she's she's a genius. Genius.
1: A genius. And then all the like the little kid dancers and stuff, and like that was oh man. But yeah, that just that look, that aesthetic, and everything was so wet. Um and like the dancing up.
0: I need a minute. (laughs) Mm. All right, a moment of silence to appreciate Missy Elliott.
1: Missy Elliott, she's not dead. She just deserves it. Um, (laughs) All right, the next one. I feel like we have to like combine our forces because now we're really. uh, You can go first, but it's like these these were some big moments in '97 that I think anyone listening
0: can relate to. Okay, you go first. I do have a personal story of why I love mine. Okay, but. Speaking of Starbucks, <laughs> Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. So Mike Myers was huge in my childhood. Yeah, Wayne, me too. Wayne Campbell, my first crush. Love. <laughs> says so much. So says much. Says so much. Mm-hmm. Love Austin Powers. Maybe love Shrek too. Sure. Yeah. SNL. All of that stuff. Yes. So this movie changed my life? Question mark. I think it changed a lot of people's lives. It came
1: out of nowhere, it felt like. Yeah.
0: So, Mike Myers created this character of Austin Powers for the faux 60s rock band Ming-T, which Mm -hmm. is in the movie. Yes. I did not know it was created beforehand. I didn't either. But I also didn't know that Ming-T had Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoffs in it. What? They're in the movie. What? Yeah. Oh, no, no. I got to rewatch. Going to blow your mind. Okay. Um, And that was, like, soon after SNL. He Mm -hmm. started that band. And... Just a hot tip, there might be a fourth movie. It might happen. Oh, my God. Which, uh, I don't need it, but I would see it. I would watch it. It's like Zoolander 3, right? 2? 2. 2. It was not great, but did I see it in theaters? You bet I did. (laughs) Uh, So, my personal story with this movie, and a couple of these have to do with my dad. So, my dad took me to a Girl Scout camp on the wrong day. I like, forgot about this. Like we went to a park and nobody was there. Right. And so he thought maybe we were just early. I don't know. We went to my grandma's for an hour. We drove back. Nobody was there. He just had the wrong day. I think it was the wrong month even. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He was way off. And he felt really bad. I was upset because it looked like I'd been rejected by an entire camp. Totally. Um so he took me to see Austin Powers to make up for it, which I mean Austin Powers had much more of an effect. On my life than Girl Scouts ever did. Completely. Maybe cookies aside. Uh huh. So, so things worked out. Also, 1997, Life is Beautiful. My parents <laughs> took me to see that movie, the first movie I ever felt like I could cry in, yeah, but didn't, but didn't, because I was still a child.
1: Yeah, your emotions weren't ready yet. Yeah, I got it. I mean, I remember seeing it with like a group of girlfriends and just thinking it was the funniest thing. I have ever seen. And do you remember how everyone would be everyone would be like,
0: yeah, baby, like all the time? And like you just. It was kind of the 90s Napoleon dynamite. Completely. But in a good way. Yes. And it's so
1: fun and it's visually beautiful and like, I don't know. <laughs> I really like it. Um, and Will Ferrell, like sneaky, yeah. really funny in that movie. We've talked about Frau Farbissena, how she like. Seth Green. C- yes, completely. What a time did for you Seth know Green.
0: originally they wanted Jim Carrey to be Dr. Evil, but it didn't work out because of Liar Liar? What? Yeah. Also came out that year. Guys, hot year. <laughs> Good segue.
1: Hot year. So I have a couple of things. I'll breeze through these. We won't go too deep into them. Number one, My Best Friend's Wedding. Great movie. Great movie. Now, here's where I was going to tell you that this might blow your mind, because I did not remember this. So the whole premise of this movie is that Julia Roberts and her best friend, they decide, they make a pact in college that if they are not married by a certain point, they will get married. That point is 28. Huh? If they are not married by 28, they will get married to each other. So they Bye. are ostensibly 27 in this movie. And How old were they actually? I don't know. I need to look it up. Cameron Diaz is 20 so again with our teens getting married in the 90s like first of all she's wearing like a neck scarf what 20 yeah, year old she wears looks about 30
0: scarf? they all based look on the way she's dressed 40
1: years old um but so i was obsessed with this movie i've seen it so many times the scene when they first sing i say a little prayer and they're in like the lobster mm-hmm. restaurant and the the waiters have the lobster like gloves and they're like in the background like yes that's the one best. of my favorite movie moments ever also, just, like, the flip phones
0: and the soundtrack. <laughs> like, did I have a Burt Bacharach phase? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Burt Bacharach had his moment in 1997 because he's also in Austin Powers. It's, like,
1: a, a time. And, like, every single song and then, like, the Ani DeFranco version. Like, what is going on in the soundtrack? But my favorite is when Cameron Diaz is yelling at Julia Roberts in the bathroom at Comiskey Park. But when Julia goes to find her and she's like, Kimmy. And then there's some, like, weird homeless woman being like, Kimmy. Kimmy, Kimmy, and then she comes out of the bathroom. It's a great movie. You can't
0: go to Union Station in Chicago oh, without no. pretending you're in that
1: movie. Absolutely not. And Julia looks amazing, and like Rupert Everett, every yep fires on all cylinders. Number two, and there's nothing new I'm gonna add to this. It was the biggest movie in the world, Titanic, guys. Titanic comes out in '97. I personally saw it three times in the theaters. <laughs> So it has taken 10 and a half hours of my life, like, in the theaters. Leo snubbed. No nominations for him. You
0: really think he got snubbed? Yeah. Okay. Everyone else okay. got nominated.
1: Everyone else. Like, not even a Golden Globe. Give the man a Golden Globe nom. Like, something. <laughs> also, she's 22 and he's 23. They. She looks 40. Yeah. He looks 17. 90s lips really age a person. Yeah, that lip liner. I don't know. I did read that yeah. they had an etiquette. Um, person on staff the whole movie to like teach them how upper class people in 19, you know, 12 would have acted or whatever. Mm -hmm.
0: It was technically the notebook of the 90s. Yeah. You'd say.
1: I did learn that the nude scene was the first scene that they shot. Crazy. weird. And James Cameron himself actually sketched that sketch Gross. Gross. I know. I was like, ew. Something about this outfit here. I don't like that. Okay. Number three. This was a very... Uh influential movie in my life. And I don't know why. I am not kidding. I think I've seen it a hundred times. Comes out in 97. Selena. J-Lo's Breakout. J-Lo's Breakout. It comes out March 21st, 1997. I never saw it in theaters. I have seen it all of the times I have seen it in school.
0: What? Yes. We always
1: watch Twister. We, <laughs> we, it would be like what our Spanish teacher would put on, like on a day where we had to sub. And I'm not kidding. It was like that... And, like, stand and deliver because it's, like, we had Muppets in
0: space in Spanish. But, yeah, it
1: was, like, Edward James almost is, like, in both of them. I don't know. It was very strange, but I love it so much. And there's this scene. She has, like, her own Julia Roberts Pretty Woman moment where she goes to, like, get a dress for the Grammys and the ladies are mean to her. And then she comes out and all all these people are, like, Selena, Selena. And she's signing autographs. But my favorite is when they get pulled over on the side of the road or they break down. And these two guys are, like, we know who you are, Selena. And they keep (laughs) saying. <laughs> with an S and like I can hear it one of my best friends we would say it to each other all the time Salinas like the way the guy says it hey can you guys help us out we're
0: stuck it is Salinas
1: Salinas bajate <laughs> güey J-Lo is awesome in it and I guess this movie inspired J-Lo to have a, a music career
0: which is crazy to me I know but that wasn't in her brain I know I mean dan- I think dancing was first for her for sure and she, I, I mean,
1: it was, like, they wanted Selma Hayek to be uh, Selena, and Selma Hayek, who is Mexican-American, felt it was too soon because the story oh. was, like, still being told and stuff. Yeah. And she was like, I don't—I mean, because Selena was killed in 1995, like, the end of, I believe. It and, is pretty soon. And she was like, uh, I don't know. So it was pretty quick for them to, like—but this movie, like— jennifer lopez lived with suzette like her sister like i mean they like went deep on all of these people they there was like a reverence it's a to really amazing story.
0: how open the family was completely, completely. for it being only a year probably totally. when they were doing production for this movie yeah probably Ugh. okay so that was that was what was going on in the box office going on in my heart um, Titanic never did it for me. Really? I mean, I mean, it's long. There was a girl on my bus who had the T-shirt. I didn't see it in theaters. Apparently, I said my favorite part was when everybody died. <laughs> I, Jesus. I don't know. I love the chemistry between Leonardo and Kate. Yeah. Billy Zane, Kathy Bates. I mean, Billy Come Zane. on. But yeah, never. Hmm.
1: I really like the scene where they're down below deck and they're doing like the Irish
0: dancing. Oh yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Um, all right, what do you got? What else do I have? Back to being a child. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Animation Ugh, was top notch. See, this
1: is where we were on the same page. Yeah. I was like still this is like I needed a little a little dosage of like my childhood while I'm trying to become a lady. Yeah. Well, I still keep up with
0: you gotta keep up with cartoons. Yeah. They're good. They're great. So the mid-'90s was kind of a renaissance for Cartoon Network. Yeah. Um, in 1995, backtrack, there was a show called What a Cartoon, mm. and it basically launched all of these spinoffs. Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo, Family Guy, all of this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it was something my dad taped for me, which was great because when I found out that Family Guy was a spinoff yeah. of this random cartoon on Cartoon Network, I had it and know it so well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, of course, the same voices. This yeah, makes sense, obviously. Um, but two of these cartoons that came out of that show came out this that year on its own: uh, Johnny Bravo and Cow and Chicken. So as McFarland worked on Johnny Bravo for a while, also makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you love Johnny Bravo. Yeah? yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. We have a guy in our office who we secretly call Johnny Bravo because he looks exactly like him. <laughs> um, but yes, I do love Johnny Bravo.
0: I really liked Cow and Chicken. For me, it was kind of in the same vein as Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. It was very weird. It's very there was weird. always a random red guy character that was always showing his butt. <laughs> it was like a shiny little red butt that, that he was that. always making a point to look at, uh-huh. which I thought was hilarious. Right. Loved that. But there were also some things going on elsewhere. King of the Hill came out in 1997. And our beloved Daria. Daria. And, guys, also— Judge-related things.
1: (laughs) Angry Beavers. Yeah. Angry Beavers. Like, there was a lot of just, like, hard-hitting, great animation on at this time. Like, it's crazy to—I mean, it makes perfect sense, and we've talked about it so much, but, like, of course Daria came out in 97. But, like— in my brain, it actually came out in, like, 94. Yeah. Like, it feels a little angstier it than It feels grungy. Yeah. She feels grungy, and so, it, like, it feels like it should have been earlier, but a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff happening. Um, okay. I have two more quick things. One, did not influence me until later, but it needs to be said that this came out in 1997. Okay. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone.
0: Mm, did nothing for me. So here's also- the deal, guys. This comes out June 26,
1: 1997, in the UK as the Philosopher's Stone. They release it in 98 as Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Why was it changed? Because they didn't think kids, like, cared about a philosopher. And so J.K. Rowling, like... She agreed, and she actually regrets it. She thinks now that she shouldn't have done that. I mean,
0: I think it has a better ring to it with Sorcerer, but— I kind of agree. Anyway. Alliteration. So it didn't top the U.S.
1: New York Times bestseller list until August of 99, but then it stays there basically all through 99 and 2000. And it took J.K. Rowling six years to write it, but she, her name is Joanna. And at this time, she was kind of going by Joe. That was like her nickname, but she was definitely like Joanna Rowling. The publisher was like, "Great, this book is amazing, but we're kind of concerned that like it sounds like a boys' book, and like boys don't want to read girl authors." Ew! So that's why she goes by J.K. (gasps) Isn't that awful? That's gross. I I thought J.K.
0: was just a really cool thing she did. No, I hate Mm, it. No, I don't. So then,
1: book seven was published ten years later, almost exactly on July twenty-first. 2007. Just a hot tip guys, JK Rowling's net worth is listed anywhere between 650 million and 1 billion dollars. What? 1 billion. And I was just like she deserves it. <laughs> She deserves it. But, yeah, so I, like, didn't jump on the bandwagon until a couple years later and then jumped in real hard.
0: I tried to read the first book
1: twice. Hmm. Couldn't get past, like, the first couple chapters. Yeah, you should do it again. Maybe one of these days. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy to think that it's over 20 years old. Like, it's still so current, so fresh, and, like... And and now it has, like, theme theme parks, and it's become this whole thing, and I'm, like, so excited to, like, read it to my kids. You know what I mean? And it's just, like, it will live forever now and the thought that it came out in 97 to me is totally insane that you lived it i lived it i was alive
0: i lived it
1: um okay what's your my final final and
0: probably the most life-changing event for me in 1997 giving in to the spice girls (laughs) because guys your girl didn't like them okay so again my dad, I spent a lot of time with my dad growing up because he stayed home with me yes. while my mom worked. And Very I thought he was cool. So if he didn't like things, I didn't like yes. them, mm-hmm. which he told me Greece was bad. So he makes mistakes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, He's not perfect. <laughs> so I did not like boy bands, and I didn't like the Spice Girls when they first came out because yeah. I just thought, like, oh, Tom Brose would not like this. Right. So one night, my best friend Chelsea's over. She's ha- We're having a sleepover. Snick is on. Who's hosting Snick? The Spice Girls. This is a specific day in 1997. There, there's like a promo of them on the couch. Um, they're the musical guest of all of that that night. I remember. And I remember asking her, like, okay, like if you had to pick, which one's your favorite? And then like I picked mine. Who was Jerry? Not my favorite for yeah. much longer after. Mm-hmm. And from then on, it was always like, do I like them? Maybe I don't know. Cut to me buying the albums and becoming like a lifelong fan yes mm-hmm. and they're literally my wallpaper on my computer recording right on right now right now um but between that and slater kenny's dig me out came out in 97 as well i saw both bands in concert in 98 so this was my I girl too. power life-changing moment yeah that has carried on for 21 years love it just some random snick
1: night for you yeah so I live in England in 95. Spice Girls, they're like a thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they're starting to know. And so, like, wannabe comes out when I'm living there, 95, 96. And so I then move home in the time before they come to You're the like U.S. like, ahead of the game. I'm like, guys, guys. like Buckle wait up. Wait for it. And everyone's like, what, what, what? And then it comes, and I was like, mm-hmm. Mhm. like I was right and I was a huge Spice Girls fan so I've seen them in concert two times maybe saw them in 98 um, and it just if you don't like the Spice Girls like just you don't like us I yeah. think and it, and it, they're silly and they're funny and they're irreverent but they're like very heartfelt and sincere and like I don't know I just think they're great I yeah. love the Spice Girls you know how
0: like your headstone would be she loved a cop yeah. mine would be like she loved the Spice Girls <laughs>
1: Can we be buried next to each other Can our <laughs> trees and people be like, "Who are these two weirdos?" Um, yeah, so I love that. Like, finally, they turned you.
0: Yeah, just by sitting on an orange couch and looking cool. I now have spice up
1: your life. I have like, ah, that nah, single nah, did nah, drop
0: in '97.
1: Nah, 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 nah. I have it in my head now, um, guys. We've gotten to our final thing. This is something that is a point of contention between. <laughs> (laughs) Natalie and myself. It's more like us and listeners. The world. People are upset. Yeah, I'm upset with you. On March 10th, 1997, on the WB, Buffy the Vampire Slayer premieres. Now, I was in love from minute one. Like... Really? Oh, yeah. I remember, like, waiting for it. First of all, I love the movie. And the movie the movie is... When you th- know that the movie is also written by Joss Whedon, it's very weird because you're like, "What?" Like it's super funny mm-hmm. and silly, kind of, and like Luke Perry's in it. It's great. And then when you watch the show, you're like, "What happened?" <laughs> like, how <laughs> is this different? So Joss Whedon has said that the show was high school as hell. Like that's oh, like
0: why haven't I watched the this? metaphor Jesus.
1: right? Just right there for me. So it came out at the end of my eighth grade, you know, beginning of my ninth grade year. So it's, like, hitting right in my wheelhouse. It's dark. It's moody. It's conflicted. It's angsty. It's also gorgeous. Like, Sarah Michelle Gellar is so beautiful. And she's just this, like, literal ray of sunshine. So during the first year of the series, though, Whedon has been quoted as calling the show a cross between my so-called life and The X-Files. Why are you not watching
0: it? I don't know. First I will watch it— Tomorrow, please do. <laughs>
1: Nathan Fillion was originally supposed to be Angel what? Castle. Yes, Angel. Ryan Reynolds auditioned for Xander, um, and this show, like. It's weird become academic. People talk about this show in a very sort of cerebral way. I've got to watch it so we can cover it. You do. I promise I will. So Stephanie Zakharak from The Village Voice, she said that if we are in the golden age of television, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a harbinger. Meaning, like, good TV started with Buffy. Isn't that crazy? Like, and you think about it, you're like, oh, it was on the WB. It ended on the UPN. Like, they had a musical episode. Saying that, I would not trust it. Right. And, like, also then, so I Know What You Did Last Summer comes out October 17th, 1997. So Sarah Michelle Gellar's on top of the world in 97. She is living her life. And then just a real quick little anecdote about it. The first use of Google as a verb was (gasps) on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Willow said it. What I know. All is in that like, in, like, an encyclopedia? I don't know. All in, like, 97, 98. But, like, it was such a time. And, again, it's you know, this is now, like... The weird thing is that Buffy was never the number one show on the WB. It was? Like, Seventh Heaven, Dawson's, Charmed. Okay. But, I mean, and it was... It did really well for, like, cable. You know, it was, like, four to six million people, which now is, like, a huge hit. But it was not competing on the same level with, like, ABC, NBC. But it was just, like prime time viewing television if you are in high school.
0: Yeah. During this time in my life, I was probably still scared of vampires. Yeah. So I was. It's kind of scary. Yeah. I wasn't going anywhere near Buffy. It's also
1: kind of cheesy. Like when you watch them, like they're kind of, in the first season, they had no money. (laughs) And so the the sets are kind of basic. They filmed at Torrance High School, which is also the high school of 90210. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. So you're welcome. So that's it. Those are Those are our high moments. Of 1997. There's a lot of other good stuff that was going on, but not not for us, really. Yeah, that was it. We were in our own bubbles. We were in our own specific. Mine was bubbles. going through puberty. I was. I've got some photos, guys. <laughs> um, but we want to know what were your high moments of 1997? Were you like an yeah. infant? Were you 30? Tell us about no. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just actually, tell us your age. My husband. That was the year he graduated from high school. So, like, I feel like he's got some great, some Ooh, great yeah. moments too. Uh, so you can email us at HelloFangirls at com,
0: or find us on Soch. social networks. <laughs> we're on all of the social networks. Um, and if you're really feeling us, we've got a threadless store. Maybe represent Fangirl Fridays with a t-shirt yeah, or a tote bag. That would be awesome. We'd love that. So, guys, next week we're going to do some lows, but we'll so try and make it fun still. I- yeah.
1: I don't know. It's going to be pretty depressing. (laughs) It's going to be a depressing 1997 low episode. (laughs) So if you want to come back for that, we'll see you next Friday, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye.